Brandy Patterson grew up without any kind of safe place. Her abusive parents didn't let her grieve when a childhood friend was murdered by her own mother. They arranged a marriage for her when she was 14 years old. After a couple of agonizing years in that marriage, she held a gun to her husband in self-protection and ended up in jail. And that's where her story truly began. It began with a Bible. She was introduced to a man named Jesus, who became her safe place during that season. Then she rebuilt her life during the next season, and Jesus became her hope that things could really change for her children. Looking back, what gave you hope in all of that? Gosh, Kelly, that's a loaded question. Um, a God I didn't acknowledge? Mm. Knowing he was there, but not acknowledging, not giving him... Um, the chance to, to be a part of my life. Um, I, I, that's the only thing I can explain it as. It's yeah. just, there was this hedge of protection I'm certain he put around me and a lot of circumstances in my life that I did not realize. In this next season, Jesus is about to become Brandy's light. In the midst of a swirl of confusion, lies, and past hurts, Brandy now arrives at a fork in the road. It's time to leave the old things behind. But as many of you listeners know, that never comes easily. Welcome back to Kavada Podcast, where we join Brandy for the final chapter of her story. Welcome back to Kavada Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. When we last left Brandy, her father had passed away. She had experienced a life of trauma, but was ultimately able to forgive and restore a relationship with him before he passed. Jesus brought that healing through the gift of her children, her father's grandchildren. Her relationship with her mother, however, proved to be more difficult and strained. Brandy had to place distance between herself and her family. You know, she was the victim. She was the, you know... I never, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you kidding me? I mean, it was just a a total different dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so when he died, she went downhill. Okay. It was, it was bad. It was, uh, it was bad. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, you went from that to her being addicted to prescription pills. And I mean, I'm talking 52 pain pills a day. You know, my kids were very close to her, but I had to finally get to a point where I couldn't allow my kids to be around her because she was falling asleep with cigarettes in her mouth. And, uh, you know, it was just, and it it was heartbreaking because I just wanted a mom. Yeah. But I never had a mom. I never knew what a normal mother-daughter relationship should have been. Brandy struggled to find true north in motherhood, 
since she had her first daughter at 19 years old. Jesus was that path of light and truth for her. And it, I'll be honest with you, I struggle to this day with that. Um, just because now that I'm a mother, I realize how important it is to be that um, voice and that, that support in your girl's life yes. that they need, a child, period. Yes. The lifting up, the I'm sorry, the, the being there for you. Yeah. The, hey, I'm having a bad day and just having someone listen to you. Yes. Um, I was more the mom to her. Yeah. And it just, you know, you wish you had that. Yeah. And uh, I can't get that back, but I can tell you I, what I can do is be that mom to my kids. Yeah. And that's what I've tried to do yeah. is be that mother to my children and, and show them that, you know, you're not a, a product of how you're raised. If I screwed up, that mean it defines you. Mm-hmm. You define you. And uh, so I've always raised them to be very independent, yeah. very uh, focused on not allowing certain things in life to dictate who yeah. you are. It was tough to define boundaries while dynamics were constantly shifting in her family. After her father passed away, tragedy stayed close at their heels. But, you know, there's, there's um, you know, after dad died, mom became, you know, very dependent on the kids. And they were very dependent on each other. My brother and my, my mom were. And, um, you know, so much that happened that those years, I want to say, you know, probably... After my father died, my grandfather passed away, and then my brother was in a really bad car accident that literally almost took his head off of him. He was in the hospital for quite a while. And I'll be honest with you, that was a pivotal moment for me because that was, he was, he was the only one that knew, mm-hmm. and I was the only one that I probably don't even know, I 90% of what he went through. Um, and the stories are just, you know, off the charts, but... He'd been care plotted. He was in a two-seater BMW that was stolen. Gotten in the car with a girl at a beer store. She was high on meth. He didn't know it until he's halfway down the road. She tries to pass an 18-wheeler. Um, it was her car, but it was stolen. Goes off a bridge. And he said, the last thing I remember is just flying in the air and nothing. Well, she was in shock. She got up and started walking on the highway. And someone recognized her and pulled over and said, are you okay? We need to get 911. Mm-hmm. And she said, you need to get me out of here. I don't want to go back to prison. Mm-hmm. And um, her asking if anybody was with her, and she said, no, I'm not. She said, yeah. She said, yes, but he's dead. And something told that woman to call 911. And when she did, that's when they found him. And that's the next thing I know is getting a phone call from a nurse. And I remember getting a phone call. And I had no idea where it was from. And she said, hey, your brother's been in an accident. He was at Parkland. She said, I need you to come up here. And I remember the first thing I said was, did he hurt anybody? Mm -hmm. And she said, no. I said, well, was he drunk? And she said, well, he's got alcohol in his system. But she said, he needs you up here. He's got a cut on his head. I said, well, if he's not hurt anybody, let him sober up and take him to jail. Brandy struggled to navigate this event in her heart. For her entire life, it had seemed like her family was constantly in one crisis or another. She felt overwhelmed by all the chaos as she was trying to build her own family. That's how far gone I was with yeah. him because he'd just gone through so much. Yeah. And she said, well, I think you need to get up here. And I remember getting up there and, and just realizing the, 
the effects of everything and just going, this is really bad and going, oh my God, I have to call my mother now and tell her. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're literally trying to stabilize him. His neck was broken three places. He was going to be, he was so lucky that he wasn't a quadriplegic, that he had the big halo around his head. No matter how emotionally distant she was from her family, she still had a strong, protective streak when any harm came to them. And her brother's accident wasn't the last of it. I had an uncle that was my mom's brother that was over there a lot, and I don't know what happened to him. It's probably the weekend before he's at my house playing in the pool with my girls, and he was always the jokester uncle. And the next weekend, my brother found him hanging from a banister in my mom's garage. Oh, goodness. Trying to pull his body down and getting a phone call from my mom and rushing over there again. I was a single mom at that time living in Rockwall. Yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, getting there when they were taking him off the, putting him on the gurney, and they let me go back and see him. Once again, in a state of chaos, Brandy had to adopt a different role. And I just remember looking at him, just thinking, out of all the stuff we've had in our lives, why would you, why would you do this to us? Why would you leave us like this? And just seeing my mom just, I mean, go from that to, and then he dealt with the funeral, and then he dealt with my mom going into this just catatonic state of functioning and getting to the point where my sister and I had to make a decision to take her to the hospital and check her into the mental hospital and going through physically being attacked by her in the hospital. And just the, the hate she had for me, Kelly, I don't know why. She had such a, I literally think she hated me when she died because she was just so bitter and just so like, it was like everything was because of me. Her love for her mother just never seemed to hit home. And just like she had eventually reached a point in her marriage where she had to protect herself from harm, now it was time to protect herself and her daughters from her own mother. It's a heartbreaking choice that no one should ever have to make. But Jesus was walking Brandy through this entire process, speaking light into our identity where there had been none in the past. Brandy knew that she didn't deserve to be blamed for everything that her mother had experienced. It was time to step away. And it got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. I had to, you know, she gets out and I had to stop. I had to stop. I had to disconnect from my entire family because I just, I couldn't do it anymore. It was emotionally exhausting me. Here I'm a single mom trying to take care of my kids yes. and go through that. Yeah. And your kids had a relationship with they did. And so kind of um, making that, explaining that to the children or whatever must have been really hard. Well, you know, it's, it, it was, but I think, too, I, the one thing I think as a parent I always said was I never want to hide things from my kids. Mm-hmm. I always wanted them to see this is reality, this is yeah. real, whereas to my family, right, everything was perfect and underneath the rug. Yeah. You didn't talk about things, right? It was the normal. Right. And for me, it was like, oh, now I'm an open book here. Let me tell you how. Put the banjo music on. Let's just get yeah. down to the real thing. Right? Yes. This is the family, right? And uh, my kids just knew that I was never going to be that person that did things mm-hmm. wrong. So they knew. I think they kind of knew. Yeah. And they knew, too, because about that time, I started slacking off and not letting them go over there as much. Yeah. And uh, they loved her. Yeah. 
But a little while later, Brandy found herself in another situation similar to when her father had passed away. Yeah, and so they ended up basically, that happened, and then a year later, my brother found my mom face down in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll never forget that night either. Um, My brother calling and screaming, and me just not understanding anything he was saying. And the only thing I remember him saying was, Mom's not breathing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Mom's not breathing. He said, she's on the floor. I'm trying to do CPR. I said, Chris, where is she? He said, she was in the bathtub. And I said, did she slip? Did she fall? Sis, get over here. That's all I remember. Sis, get over mm-hmm. here. And by the time I got there, the coroner had made it there. The police were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were bringing her out in a body bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police... Police officer pulling me aside saying, you know, your, your brother's drunk. Do you think he had anything to do with this? And me going, no. I mean, but you know, you, you, the thought that he even thought that. Yeah. When my brother literally went to stay with her, abandoned his entire family because my dad had put the fear if anything happens to me, you take care of your brother. Oh, wow. So he left his whole family. He had a child and wife. He left them to take care of my mother. She was protective of her blood, even though her brother had been quite misguided at times. Brandy shared a rocky history with her brother, but it was a history she didn't have with anyone else. They'd grown up together under all of this abuse, and now they were trying to find their way in the world as adults. Brandy had to choose to distance herself from her brother for a little while as well, but it turned out this wasn't the end of her brother's story. Brother lived in a barn with electricity or running water for probably two years. Um, I totally disconnected from family mm-hmm. um, and ended up basically, you know, it took him a while, but, you know, after about two years, he will tell you he's heading into a meth house. And just like the jailer who'd given Brandy a Bible at her lowest point, Jesus sent another man to help them along. Or God saving son, because I don't know if it was God or not, his son. I don't know, you know, but he said he remembers audibly hearing you go into that house, son, you ain't coming out alive. And about that time, one of my brother's best friends that we'd grown up with, it was funny because this guy came out with my brother and all his friends, but he was raised in church. Oh, wow. And so it was kind of like, you never could figure out why. Yeah. I know why now. Yes. Because God had intentionally put him there because I remember calling him Rex Ramsey and saying, Rex, I'm worried about my brother. And him saying, sis, you can't do anything, it, you know. And at that time, Rex was doing late point stuff, uh, prison ministry, oh, okay. where people that went to prison, he was helping orchestrate and run the halfway house. Yes. He said, sis, I can reach out to him. He said, but you need to know that if this doesn't work, you, you're going to have to come to basically an understanding that this is just not going to work, sweetie. And I just remember crying, Kelly, because he was the only thing that meant the most to me. Yeah. He did. There yeah. was this, and he still, you had There was this connection. Yes. This yes. bond. This. Yes. I didn't care, and it bothered me so bad because people could have easily, and some probably did, look at me and go, oh, she's trouble, she's trash, stay away from her. And I know that's what they said about my brother, but I'm like, the part that had that compassionate entity yeah. for him was, you didn't see how we were raised. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay, but that's all he knew. He was right. doing drugs at 11, 12 years old because my dad was telling me to. Yeah. That, that was his normal. So, yeah, he's a pump now, but he's a pump because he's had to survive. Right. And so, you know, I just wouldn't let that go. Yeah. And uh, 
he went into the program. Wow. And uh, he's a completely different man now. Wow. I mean, the most amazing, the most amazing. And he's, he's so animated as well because, you know, now he ministers to those people. Wow. And there's nothing they can say to him. <laughs> like, I promise I didn't take a drink, or I promise I didn't do this, or there's an excuse. Maybe yeah. my dad died last yeah. night and made me go back. Or Chris be like, listen, buddy. Yeah. There ain't nothing you can tell me I haven't done. I haven't seen. Wow. The boy will quote you scripture and drop the F-bomb in the same sentence now. But he's real. Yeah. Jesus was beginning to transform not only Brandy and her daughters, but even her brother as well. I knew Rx was pregnant in yeah. our lives yeah. a long time ago. It took years for me to realize it. Yeah. Uh, but he was there because of, wow. of that purpose. Wow. I'm just glad he didn't get, you know, sucked into all the bad decisions these kids made <laughs> yeah. along the way. But he was definitely the, the guardian angel that my brother needed. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of stuff that he went through and um, I think growing up and just that mentality of pushing yourself and you know you can dictate your future mm. is kind of what pushed me professionally yeah. yeah to say you know Brandy if you want something in life you got to get it yeah and that means get it in an honest way mm. and so I've always kind of raised the girls saying look I don't care if you do you know entrepreneurial I don't care if you do uh, mission work for the rest of your life I don't care what you do just take, be able to take care of yourself and provide for yourself, right? And not rely on anybody else to do that for you. Um, and, you know, neither one of her father or I are educated. I mean, he, he did get a, he did graduate high school, but he didn't college, but super successful man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a work ethic that definitely was poured down to me mm-hmm. that I am so thankful for. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he, there's nothing I would have changed about any of the circumstances. Wow. wow. I mean, people say, if you could go back again, what would you do? And I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing. No matter how hopeless things seemed at times, when Brandy was just trying to figure out which way was up in the middle of a tornado, there was always hope. Brandy now lives a life she never would have dreamed of when she was getting married as a 14-year-old girl. Jesus wasn't just a sweet imaginary friend to comfort her but he broke her through the obstacles and opened up a path to real change. Now her family and the generations to come get to live in freedom and hope. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kava the Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavapodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. 
It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.